1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the chosen, no, it doesn't say chosen, the elect, it doesn't say that either. So that whoever believes, does anybody, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And here's one of the greatest ones when it comes to sharing the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says this, Whomever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
0: When we share the gospel, we can do it with the confidence that God wants to see people get saved. He doesn't want to see us fail. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be talking about the importance of knowing some key verses while sharing the gospel. It is important that we have a good understanding of what God's Word says about salvation and who it's for. Jesus came to atone for the sins of everyone, so everyone can be saved. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. As he continues his message, Be Loyal to the Faith.
2: The
1: Saints know this, as Christians, as disciples, follow Christ, we will suffer. We will suffer. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. It says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, that's easy. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but here's the other half, but also to suffer for his sake. Hey, a lot of people pull back on that. You mean we got to suffer? Yeah. Yeah. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12, we'll get to this soon. So yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. When he said, when Paul wrote this will is because he's actually learned from Jesus. When Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, I, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. This is the master. This is Jesus. Disciples follow. We suffer. Not only we learn and we're taught, we go through suffering and pain. We go through trials and tribulations. We go through all this and even even death. Jesus set the example. So Paul tells Timothy, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the gospel. He said, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9 who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. That's important. God's saving and his calling is not according to your works, my works, or anybody's work. You and me and every believer in Jesus Christ, we are saved by the grace of God, not by rules and regulations, not by rituals, not by tradition, not by good deeds. We're saved by the grace of God. You know, it's, it's just in our nature to want to do things good so we could to get the pat on the back or think that it's going to, you know. It's funny. Whenever we do wrong, right, something happens to us. Let's say, you know, a rock fell on your head and you're conked out. Oh, that was the Lord. He was mad at me because I sinned the other day. But if you feel you're okay with God, you're right. This is a good week. This is a good day, by the way. Oh, you're praying and you're studying the Bible. You're sharing the gospel. You get hit by the rock. Oh, that's the enemy. Which is it? (laughs) You know? But when we do good, you know, we just do good for the sake of glorifying God because we're his, his disciples. We're ambassadors of Christ. Whether things happen, good or bad, whether we suffer or not, we do it for the lord and we're saved we're we're saved by grace not by works it's not by religion not a list of do's and don'ts but the other half of verse 9 but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in christ jesus before time began it was God's own plan. It was his plan to save us from the beginning, from the foundation. God knew, you know, people think that God is always surprised, you know? Oh, let there be light, Created heaven and earth, and then Adam and Eve, and then they eat of the fruit they sinned. Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. God knew. But because of his grace and because of his love, he still did it anyway still created heaven and earth. He still loved you. And he knew that there was sin. He knew. Just like us, you know, we think like God's going to be surprised when we fail. Oh, we sin. Oh, r- whoa, really? D- today? Didn't you do it yesterday? You can do it again today. God expects you. Doesn't want you. He expects you to fail. It's Going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, parents, when you have kids, you let them run around, Right. It's going to happen. They're going to break something. (laughs) It's expected. God knows. But that's why he died on the cross, you see, to save us from when we fail and when we fall. It was his plan, his purpose, and it was by his grace because what? We're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not how many times you pray, how many times you read the Bible. It's not how many times you face to the east to pray three times a day. No, we don't do that because we have to. We do that because we get to. Because then it's works. But we've been saved by grace. It is not your good deeds, your righteousness that justifies you before God, or that brings you into the kingdom of God, to heaven. You don't get to heaven by good works. Get to heaven by the grace of God. It was because of his grace of what he's done on the cross. When we look at the cross, that is how we get to heaven. Not religion, not the do's and don'ts. It is the cross. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. Paul writes to Titus, he says, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior that having been justified by what by his grace we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life it is by his grace we know that we constantly need to be reminded because somehow we think once we're saved okay we feel that even after being saved that we need to do the good works to score points with God and we do it because we love the Lord We do it because he gets glorified whenever we do the things that we do for him. So we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, let's look at the end of verse nine again. Look what it says, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This was the eternal plan of God. We all have part of the great eternal plan that God has determined before time. He has done this before time. Before creation, before the Lord said, "Let there be light." He had this plan. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Paul writes this, just as he chose us, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Think about that. Before the Lord said, let there be light, every single one of us, our names were mentioned, was in his heart. He knew that in 2002, on this planet, you would be here. He planned it for you to be. He created you to be here. He created you for his glory. That's the purpose why we created I had always people in my job would ask me, well, why did God create us anyway? Because he loves us. And of all creation, he, we're the only created beings that came out of his image. Because he loves us, that's why. He loves us. Now, when we think about before time and God is chosen, you know, we get to that, the hyper-Calvinistic views and or many of view, and people will say, well, I believe we're chosen, that there are those that are chosen. And, you know, and then you get to, you know, the question, the sovereignty of God or man's free will. Which one is it? Because that's what this points to. When it talks about the sovereignty of God, it is God who chooses. God can choose whomever he wants to choose because he is God. And then we get to the choosing, you know, we always think about, well, am I chosen? We'll get there in a little bit. And God chose you. He chose me. He chose every believer in Jesus Christ before the foundation. He chose everyone. He chose, that's why he created us. Think about it. Why would he create? Some people say, well, you know, the Jews actually believe in the Old Testament, believe that the Gentiles were created to bring up the fires of hell. You got some people where where the Jews and Gentiles would would think, well, yeah, God chose some to go to heaven. He chose some to go to hell. I don't find that in the Bible. (laughs) Nowhere by the way. Because you believe that, then you believe in chosen, right? So you may ask, what about man's free will and the sovereignty of God? And that brings us to the doctrine of election. It's called the doctrine of election where you have Christians that are from two point of views and they can't understand to put the two together. Because when you read verses for the sovereignty of God, that God choose... And you, you study uh, the free will of man, and you think about it, how does that go together? It doesn't make sense, but it works. It works. And you have scholars, you got commentators, you have teachers and preachers that have been trying to reconcile this doctrine for hundreds of years, almost five hundred years. No, we're chosen, and you know we predestined and. Uh, some are not chosen free will first of all let's look at the sovereignty of god god's the sovereignty of god these talks about his calling his choosing his electing it's based on god's foreknowledge you see god sees the beginning from the end okay and and we we don't we cannot sometimes understand that he's not subject to time the book of life in revelation the book of revelation it's already written the names that God knows because he saw the beginning, he saw the end. He is the Alpha and Omega, Omega, the beginning and the end. It's already there. It's already written. Because God knows who's going to make it through. He knows this. He's not going to be surprised. Oh, wow. I didn't realize, What are you doing here? The, oh, what, what, what? Really? How did you get the crown? Really? You know? You know somebody? It, it, God's not going to be surprised. And we always think that God's not going to be surprised. God knows all things. It's his foreknowledge. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Elect, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verses 29-30. Paul writes this: From whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. In the Christian life, there's justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification, when we come to Christ, we've been justified because we repented of our sin. Then there's a process of sanctification that leads up to glorification, it's a process. But it's God who chooses based on his foreknowledge. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I choose you. And that makes it more difficult, right? If Jesus said that, right? Now I said, Eddie, where are we going with this? We're just talking about the sovereignty of God at this time. The sovereignty of God. So God is the one who chooses. He's the one who calls and elects. He's sovereign. He calls whoever he wants to. Now, however... There is the sovereignty of God, but that does not negate, that does not eliminate the free will of man. We have a free will. You can choose right now. It was your decision to come here. It's your decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord, a person, a savior. It was a free will. The Lord didn't make you. God didn't force you. He didn't take your arm behind your back and say, uncle, yeah, accept me. You know, he didn't do that. We have a free will. We find that throughout scriptures in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Joshua said, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And he goes on, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus, when he saw Jerusalem, he came to to save the lost. He looked at Jerusalem there in the Garden of Gethsemane, looking at the walls, a beautiful Jerusalem. And he he laments and he says this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. He says, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stoned those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But but you are not willing. There's the free will. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whomever, that includes everybody, not just chosen, elect a few, that's whomever, that's anybody. Everybody and anybody. Whomever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. John three sixteen. we know that verse, right? Very popular verse. You see that in, in the sports arena. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the chosen, no, it doesn't say chosen, the elect, it doesn't say that either. So that whoever believes, does anybody, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And here's one of the greatest ones when it comes to sharing the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says this, whomever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. So God created us with a free will. We see passages, scriptures all over. And there are many more. Time will not allow me to give you all the scriptures on the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. But We see with the free will that God did not create us as robots. He didn't force us to follow him, surrender our lives, and he didn't force us to choose him, did he? He did not. So which is it, you say? Is it sovereignty of God or is it the free will of man? I say the answer is yes and yes. Yes and yes. You say, but I don't understand. Great, that makes both of us. If you understand it, then you're God. There's a lot of things in scriptures we do not understand. We just have the faith to follow it. Does anyone fully understand the doctrine of election? No. How do they go together? It works. Scientists have been trying to figure out the atom. How? Some scientists actually committed suicide because they couldn't solve the problem. It's a lot of things. If we look around the world that don't make sense. If you understood that, then you would be God. A professor said this, if you try to explain election, you will lose your mind. But if you try to explain it away, you lose your soul. It just works. You have two that are trying to find each other and say, listen, yes and yes. It's both. It's the sovereignty of God. The way I look at it is that God chose everyone from the foundation of the world And he gives man the opportunity to come to him. Free will. You may ask, how do I know if I'm chosen? Very simple, very simple. Use your free will to choose Christ. Choose to be chosen. Okay, it's based on faith. That's what I believe. Listen, everything we believe in faith. How do you explain creation? Faith. Were you there when Christ was on the cross no, did you see it? Faith. Did you see the empty tomb? Faith. Do you see air that we breathe? Is there. Do you see it? Faith. It's just faith. It works. Hey, I'm chosen because I choose to be chosen. Very simple. And I just accept it by faith. And don't, don't argue. <laughs> I have so many people come to me. When I was pastoring in the city, I had a few that were... They were and and hyper-cavenistic alike, that predestined. Oh, they weren't chosen. That's why they didn't accept Christ because they weren't chosen. And you know that because, how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know if they're chosen or not? Let's put it this way. If you were to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, would you waste your time sharing the gospel for one who is not chosen? Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. They try to make sense out of it. But listen, unless you God, you not understand. But I love this, I love this passage of scripture that kind of puts it all together. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. This is what Peter wrote. He says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us. Not willing that some, no. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's everybody. God didn't create somebody, you know, for hell. Created everybody for himself to be in heaven. Back to 2 Timothy. He said, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, verse 10, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. The manifestation of God's plan and grace was revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. It brought light and Christ came the first time from the manger to the cross. And he says at the end of verse 10, whom has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And we could see that Paul is writing this because the fear of death at this time has caused some of the Christians to, to be ashamed to, to shrink back because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Paul reminds them that Jesus Christ brought life and life more abundant. And as a matter of fact, he conquered sin and death. When he rose from the grave, he conquered sin and death. That's why Jesus commanded us not to fear. And saints, we need to be ready not to fear. You know, I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says, and do not fear those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, we're worried about, you know, life, you know, yes, be a good steward. Take care of yourself. God gave you life and it just proves. Your life proves the existence of God. Whether you love your life, you should love your life no matter what. You you, you love yourself more when you look to Jesus. And you love yourself less when you look at other people and compare yourself with other people. Love to Jesus. It's not a love self to worship, but Jesus says, love your neighbor as thyself. So how would you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? The more you look to Jesus, the more you love his creation, the more you love who God has created you to be. But here he says, do not fear those who could take away the body. You can't it, kill the soul. That's a true martyrdom. You know, these people, they die, 10 of the disciples, uh, with, with the exception of John, the beloved who died of natural causes, and and Judas, who actually committed suicide, but the ten died martyred dead. They were cut in half, sawed in half. Peter was crucified upside down.
0: You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Have you ever wondered why there are so many letters written in the New Testament? 1 Timothy is just one of many letters that gives you some insight into the ministry that was happening after the time that Jesus lived here on earth. There were struggles and there were successes, but you realize that as great as those missionaries and pastors were, they were also just human. They had strengths, weaknesses, discouragements, and moments of triumph. Isn't it great to know and to relate to people in the Bible? They're spiritual pillars in some ways. But you come to realize that they were people that God used, just like He can use you in this time and place. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you.
2: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com. And click on the back to home page button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. Once again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll refer to our website for additional resources that include hearing these messages again or learning about the church behind the ministry. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. I'm